I'm Chris Farrell from the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast, a wacky weekend morning show, part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out right now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and the opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other awesome geeky shows over at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. We're jamming to Better Podcasting Live. It is Tuesday, April 6, 2021. We are here to answer your questions about podcasting. So come on into our live chat at www.geeks.live Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. I am here with my lovely producer and co-host, Stephen. Stephen, how's it going? Oh, am I here? I, I didn't know. It was so unusual of, of changing. It feels like, you know, whenever you intro the beginning of the show, there should be a different guest. So can I go by a different name like uh, Stefan Jean Drew? I'm looking at Clem Cladiddlehopper, actually, and I believe this is the only time where we've ever been on either Better Podcasting Live or Better Podcasting that I have actually introed the show. You've done it every single other time. You just weren't saying anything. So I thought, well, might as well step in. Well, you know why I do that, though, right? Is because, like, I always want to set the bar really low. So then um, I'm the first one to come in. So it's like, wow, this is a terrible show. And then they hear SPA. They're like, wow, so much better. And so you're naturally better. But when I come in there with a low bar, it makes you sound even better, if that's even possible. It just make, means I can win the limbo contest. <laughs> yes, yeah, been a month since we did bitter pad, pod, bitter pad casting, yeah, 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 something yeah. like that. Uh, live chat. It's been a while since we've done better podcasting live chat. And hey, it's been a month. Hey, guess what? Um, the last episode that we had might have had two versions for you. I don't know if you checked that out. You might have been lucky enough to get the. SP test, test, test edition. I don't know if you did get that or didn't get that, but if you did not get that, let's loop you into that right now. Last episode, we had a full conversation about the mute button and the benefits of having a mute button and things like that. And uh, I also talked about editing out things when you run into problems, even if it's a raw show. And you know what went out, SP? There went out a version where you were saying test, test, test all the time that you were muted. And also somehow the edit got messed up where the section that I said, hey, I will be removing this ended up back in the show. I think what happened was I, I must not have saved in between when when I had taken out that section. And also, um, like, I guess I took out the section and didn't save and must have closed it and then came back to it. So what ended up happening was it was it was a complete weird episode. And the number showed a few people got that. But we thought, OK, we'll fix it. And we'll put it out again and and blasted that out. So, hey, guess wow. what? That was a fun little we don't we don't often edit this, but SP was having some serious problems last time. And yes, so I was. So we definitely, definitely edited that one out. <laughs> yeah, I. One of my problems is I need to learn how to use the right mute button. <laughs> it was just exactly what we were talking about on the show. It was just so funny. Uh, so I had muted my connection that we have between the two of us on OBS Ninja, but I didn't mute the board. So, of course, everything I would say was being recorded, which is actually what I needed at the time because I was trying to troubleshoot, make sure that my volume was consistent going out to my recorder. And uh, oh, my gosh, I, I <laughs> totally flipped out. Totally. I'm so tired. I did not remember to tell you to take that out. And of course, it ends up the final show. And I think it was Damien yeah. that messaged us you know, on the Discord servers. Hey, 
was did you guys mean to do this? <laughs> was was this a mistake? And then we found that uh, Stephen's little gaff there too. So yeah, we both had slight issues throughout the show, but I will take full responsibility because that that should not have happened for me. Well, you know, and and we make it no secret that this is largely unedited, and that's because like we decided to do this show with the understanding that I would not preview it before posting. It was just it's yeah. the nature of the show. I yeah. I take it both of our tracks, I shove them together, and if there was something like where something technically went wrong and I have to remove that, I remove that. And other than that, it is largely unedited. So I did not even preview that. And what's really bad about it is like, I actually had a moment for some reason. And I and I wish I could say it was because I remembered your issues. I wish I could say that I had that, that forethought. But there was something when I went to publish that that night, I thought, maybe I'll give this one just a preview before I publish. But I didn't because I ran out of time or something like that. And it was just one of those things that I remember thinking, eh, if you have time, do it. And then I didn't have time. So... I wish I had listened to myself. It was clearly my subconscious telling me, hey, you screwed up, Stephen. Yeah, I, well, whatever. It's a learning experience and we can move on with, with stuff from that. So for everybody that got the, the, the version that I said, test, 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 please let us know because we want to know if you heard it and if you got the actual edition <laughs> afterwards and just just as a test case and we'll talk about it next time and also i should just say you know it, it, getting a little outside of what we usually talk on here sp is a big space fan and so he follows all the space things and one of the things that came up when they sent the most recent rover to mars is there was a little bit of a secret message that was left on said rover so pay attention to all of the tests that were in that and maybe just maybe you will find a Mars rover inspired secret message. Perhaps, perhaps you're just making it up. <laughs> it's, it's been fun. The Mars rover has, has been really fun. Uh, it's uh, been a new technology out there on Mars. And what we've been discussing over the past several months, maybe half a year, is getting some new technology in my studio. And I know Steven's been looking at some little upgrades to his studio as well. The biggest upgrade that I've been looking at is a new mixer recorder. So the Rode Procaster, Zoom P8, Zoom L8, Zoom L12. One thing that I do have is the Zoom H8. Unfortunately, it's not going to work for the purposes that I use for podcasting because I need a mix minus and the Zoom H8 does not have a mix minus. So I, I think it was you that originally brought it up and then some of our fans brought it up. And I've been thinking about changing out for my now aging Zoom H6 that is on uh, the stand and has been on the stand for quite some time uh, just to try it out, see if the preamps are better, see if the recording is better, that sort of thing. Uh, I don't anticipate it being that much different, to be honest with you, because my audio is pretty clean from the compressors and the digital processor the dbx 286 as it goes up and steven's putting all his mixers on his back splash right now uh he's using the roadcaster so he can't have that but he's got the l12 the l8 he's got the zoom e4 or the yeah the zoom pod track p4 and we have a lot of toys to play with and i'm jealous a little bit but none of which he has will do what i want it to do in the studio 
And as we're finding out, the even with the revisions, the Roadcaster is still not it. So I'm stuck. I, I don't want to buy a $600 machine or whatever it is, $500, yeah. machine, and not have what I really want. So I don't know what's going to happen. I know I've got the Zoom H8. I know that can take me forward a few other years. I just hate to replace the Mackie mixer with another $500 mixer because I, I really want just a one-stop shop where I could have a Roadcaster pro sort of feel with a digital control panel, the processor on board and everything like that with as many inputs that I need. And it's just, it's not giving, it's not meant for me, unfortunately. Yeah. I know it's meant for a lot of people, but it's not meant for me. You know, you're mentioning the roadcaster here. And one of the things that uh, I think ties nicely into the whole mute story is that I, I am using the roadcaster pro right now. And the reason why I'm using it is because on the heels of the mute button issue that I ran into with my mute button not working. We were talking about some of the other solutions and things like that. And I was pretty sure I had read that the Rodecaster had updated to incorporate the mute into the record, the multi-track recording. So I thought, you know what? It's been a while. Let's dig it out. It's been about a year. Let's dig it out and give it a try and find the latest feature so that I can speak a bit more about where it's at as it stands. And so I'll just quickly mention, I just dug this out the other day and and um, I've just done this show and the Guinea Geek show with it and just as a bit of a test bed for a little while and, and see how I feel about it because I am not multi-tracking audio anymore on any of my podcasts just because of the way that it, I, I've just been lazy. So I don't need the full multi-track um, mix minus that the L12 and the L8 did at the moment. One day I'm sure I will again. But um, after hooking it up, I just I don't go into this more in the future, but just a, a couple quick notes. Number one uh, benefit that I've noticed with the Roadcaster Pro is the granular controls. I had read that they had made it so you could go in and enable more control over the different processing. And it's great when you go into the compressor, you now have the ability to add or modify a bunch of those compressions like the ratio and the threshold and things like that. So for someone who's more technically abled, it is great having that those features on there. Also, you can now do post-fader multi-track recording. The way this worked before was like the L8, where you had a mix down that was well processed, but then going to the multi-track recording for each track, you had mostly a raw form. So if you hit mute, that was recorded. You had effects on, those were not on the recording, that sort of thing. Well, they did make it so that you can go and enable post-fader effects, meaning if you hit mute, or sorry, post-fader recording, meaning that if you hit mute, that's not on the multi-track recording. If you got uh, effects on, those are on there. So it all um, is more flexible now in, in some of the options that are on there. And the other thing that I want to say is that, yes, SP, finally, finally, they have confirmed your and my suspicion on the Roadcaster Pro from the beginning was correct. There was a master compressor on there. Now, if you go way back to the Better Podcasting Archives, you probably, when we first got it, I think I read out an email that I got from Road, and mm -hmm. they had said there was no master compressor, compressor on it when I'd emailed them. Yet, all the experience that I had was that I could not get the Roadcaster to clip. I could not get the Roadcaster Pro to clip. Therefore, there must have been a master compressor if I had no compressor on each track, yet I could not get the bloody thing to clip. There must have been something compressing. 
sure enough, when you add those um, advanced features on uh, whatever they call it, uh, granular controls, I think you now have an option on the master compressor to disable that. And yes, you can get it to clip now. With that said, there is also options in there to disable ducking per track. So, you know, ducking is where if you've got two tracks going and one of them starts speaking, then the music will come down and that sort of thing. That's what's called ducking. Even though that's disabled on the roadcaster, I definitely 100% hear ducking happening even with the master compressor off. So what I mean by that is like, I right now have going in through an analog adapter to one of my channels, um, the music that I play live, when that's playing and I start speaking, or the USB starts speaking with, with like SP's track coming to the roadcaster, I am hearing that music go down a little bit and I'm seeing it on the levels go down. So there still is something going on there with some form of master compression of some form. I don't know what it is. So there's still something that we don't have granular controls over, but at least the, the overall master compressor is going, which is good because just hit me up in Discord. I won't get into it now. There, the, the concerns that I have on that is that with the master compressor, you could have uh, problems. You might not set your gain right, and I'll just leave it at that. The other thing that I want to highlight is that, um, unfortunately, the preamps do still seem noisy. I was hoping it was related to that master compressor where we were hearing hiss and things like that, but it's not the case. You go and you set your input level to where it needs to be, basically your amount of gain per, per uh, input. Whether your cord's plugged in or not, once you turn up that fader, you start hearing hiss unless your noise gate is enabled. So you turn off all of the effects, the compressor, the, the noise gate, you turn it all off and plugged in, unplugged, doesn't matter what microphone I plug in, I keep hearing extra hiss that I don't hear elsewhere. So preamps definitely seem to be noisy, which is a shame. So as the moment, I'm actually still using my DBX286 to, to really try to give it that extra gain. But that's sort of my quick snapshot of what I've seen. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll maybe do something more detailed in the future. You know, now that it's been about a year since we last ventured down the Roadcaster Pro Avenue. Yeah, and they've had a lot of firmware updates. Say, the reason we do this show every other week is to answer your podcasting questions. And we got a podcasting question from Betsy in our Discord server right before we went online tonight. And she asked, uh, hello from South Lake Tahoe, which is the same Steven time zone. Won't be able to watch this live show tonight, but I have a silly question. I need to buy some SD cards for my Zoom PodTrack P4. How much storage needed for a one-hour recording? Looked online, but couldn't really find any information. You also can just let me know here on Discord if it's not a live chat worthy. Thanks. Uh, Betsy is live chat worthy. I mean, we're talking <laughs> about it here on live chat, and it's live chat worthy. Okay, uh, I, I think there's probably a misnomer. Uh, you don't want to buy your SD card just for the one hour recording. You want to buy it for as much recording that you think you might have in a complete session until the SD card is full. Now for me on my Zoom H6, I just use the maximum amount of card that it can read, which is 64 gigabytes. And I use it until it's all done. And then I buy a new one. We talked about why on the show before in a nutshell, it's because I keep it as a, another backup for all the raw recording. 
And if you reuse the SD cards enough, they're going to fail on you. So I just jump ahead of that failure and just buy a new one every time. So it's not exactly single use. I get maybe up to 60 different recordings, depends how long it is on and how many tracks I'm recording on my 64 gigabyte SD card. But for a one hour recording, it really depends on like the rate that you're recording on and stuff like that. But for a wave recording for one hour for one track, my guesstimate is somewhere between 600 and 800, 800 megabytes just for one track. So if you multiply it by four, if you got all four tracks going, then that's 800 times four is roughly 3.2 gigabytes, right? So that's just one recording. And then you extrapolate for how many other recordings you're going to have. Now, the Zoom P4, I believe, is a micro SD card, not a normal SD card. Right, Stephen? Yeah. Um, the other thing that I, I want to mention as well um, with the whole micro SD card thing is that uh, SP does use his for, for um, one-time use. But lots mm -hmm. of people do repurpose them, reuse, it, reuse yeah. them. Um, I'm one of them. But you want to pay attention to what your capability is with that hardware, because some of them have a maximum size that they will take. Right. I, I would encourage you to, if it's affordable, like find that sweet spot of size versus like price and try to buy the biggest one that's sort of in that threshold that your recorder will take because if you, whether you are using them once like SP or you're reusing them, it's just so beneficial to not have to, you know, every other week change it out or delete the files or whatever you're doing. So take a look. I just actually to do this roadcaster protest, I did have to get a new SD card just because I like to keep the SD card with the devices I have. Again, ask me on discord if you want to find out more why I do that. But, um, I put a 128 gig uh, micro SD card in the Rodecaster Pro, and I have, um, whenever it's recording, I guess it would be four, five, six, seven, eight, somewhere around 10 to 12 tracks recording, um, just because of the stereo aspect of it. And it is telling me I have 15 hours plus uh, of worth of recording. I guess it must max out at that. So you know, find that sweet spot. And I would say just buy the biggest one that is in that sweet spot. And also look for a quality brand name. And if you're going to buy online, make sure you look at the reviews because unfortunately there are, at least in Canada, a lot of reviews on a certain online vendor that uh, looks like maybe the inventory gets mixed up and not always a, a legit card. And so what happens is it might say 128, but these fraudulent or um fake cards they're they're actually only like 64 gigs or something and they just trick the way that it at first reads so keep an eye out i i actually usually stick to in-person retailers for that reason unless it is one online that like has glowing reviews so i did look it up really quick because i couldn't remember if it was micro or not it's a normal sd card but it can oh, go up it? to 500 yeah it can go oh. up to 512 gigabytes so it's pretty big, but it can only record at 16-bit, 44.1 kilohertz wave. So the wave file is going to be pretty big. Yeah, it's a normal SD card. Yeah, I, I was thinking of the Roadcaster Pro. That's why I thought that that's yeah, what it was. Yeah, so, so what I, I, I was too. It, it doesn't matter. The same 
issues that Stephen was talking about are true. Make sure it's good quality, make sure it has good reviews, and make sure the price is affordable to you. Most in America, at least, most 64 gigabyte cards that are reasonable are somewhere between 12 and 20 bucks now, closer to 12 bucks now. And 64 gigabytes can get you quite a few recordings. So you'd be fine with that. And I, then you could trade them up. Matter of fact, if you have two, so if one runs out, if you run out of storage, you can quick pop the other one in. I, I think that's it. And I have not used the P4 enough to remember if it shows you how much time is left. I know on every other Zoom that mm. I've had, it shows you how much time you have. The Zoom H6, H5, H8, they all show how much time is left, just like you said. And the other thing, too, is keep in mind that you likely will be recording four tracks at one point at one po- at some point when you're using it. That is a lot of information being recorded. So don't like don't go with an off brand, super generic looks way lower price tag than everything else uh, SD card, because you will likely run into those writing issues when you you do that. They probably aren't very good quality or they write slower and that causes problems, too. Good question. And if you got a question like that, you can always hit us up on our discord at betterpodcasting.com slash discord email podcast at betterpodcasting.com. Tweet us at BetterPod or come over live when we do record Better Podcasting or Better Podcasting live chat, which is usually Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific. I'm going to leave it right there at 5 p.m. Pacific because Betsy's right now in the Pacific time zone at the moment. (laughs) At at least in your time zone. (laughs) Oh, hey, I know that um, you also wanted to enlighten a certain Canadian about something he should be aware of. That's right. I ran into this. Now, we've been talking a little bit about podcast awards on the main Better Podcasting show and in our Discord server. But the one thing that I wanted to get out now, because there's a limited amount of time, the Canadian Podcast Awards are now open for nominations. They are open until April 30th. You can find all the information at CanPod Awards. That's C A N P O D awards.ca that's that special ca that you can only get when you're in canada and there is just a ton of categories i know a lot of people that listen to better podcasting are canadian and i know that they have a plethora of different podcasts there's a category out there for you now i was curious because i podcast with steven on a couple of shows actually three shows if you count better podcasting live as a different show. So I was wondering if he could submit like all three shows to the awards in on their website, there is a FAQ and what part of the FAQ is define Canadian podcasts. So here is the following criteria that they have. One, the producer must be Canadian. So bingo, he's got that. The Hold scope on, there, of this cri- there we go. (laughs) The scope of this criterion can pertain to a commercial production company or an independent producer. And you are obviously an independent producer unless you've incorporated and you haven't told me. Uh, Not yet. Okay. (laughs) Number two, at least 50% of the podcast host or performers must be Canadian or a permanent resident of Canada. Womp womp. Well, at least. So this one, that's that's this one would apply. With 50%, maybe we can get JS back to the Goody Geek show for a limited run. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Or or Wang or both of them to get more than 50%. So better podcasting would count because it's 50%. Better podcasting live, this show, would count because it's 50%. 
Unfortunately for you, the goodygeek.com show would not count unless, like you said, you got JS or Wing or both to be on the show for a little bit. Okay, number three, in cases where podcasts are produced by a team, it must be demonstrated that the majority of the team members, more than 50%, are Canadian citizens or permanent residents of Canada. So I think we can confidently say, even though we share a lot of the duties in post and in pre-show, getting ready for the show and that sort of thing, and the social media and the outreach, community outreach, I can safely say of all the three podcasts that we just described, Better Podcasting Live, Better Podcasting, and the GuineaGeek.com show, that you are the majority producer. <laughs> Matter of fact, you're the singular producer. I could step in and produce it. It's not like I'm incapable of doing it. Chris could step in and produce the goodygeek.com show, but it's not like he's incapable of doing it either because he does it with all things good and nerdy. But you have done it. So I think that checks that box for <laughs> all three shows. Unfortunately, the 50% of the Canadian host couldn't. I don't know. I'd apply the guineageek.com show. I'd, I'd submit it and just see where it goes. I don't know if you've taken a look at the website or not, but there's definitely a category for it. You know what we'll do? We'll just submit the archive when we did have 50% Canadian. Oh, <laughs> we'll just, that's just good. Just up to that point. You know, if you take a look at the archive, if you count the two, did you count JS and Wing over the longevity of the exactly, show? It's right? probably over 50%. Uh-huh, right? Yeah. So there we go. Um, okay, so I, first off, I would never actually, kidding aside, I, I would never try to skirt the rules on that. I just think like podcasting and podcast awards are so problematic in their own way right now i i would feel bad if i willingly tried to skirt the rule on that well for, why, for why better you podcasting i would why don't you yeah. why don't you contact them and see if they would allow it or not yeah i mean okay the, fair enough it's a good question because we talk and if it's just over the last year then you have a problem but if it's over yeah. the life of the show then you're good and then secondly i will say in the chat bangs naughty bits is in our chat he is doubting my canadianism and i need to prove it so to that i would just like to say sorry everybody i, I just have to say that okay and if anybody listened to last week's better podcasting episode <laughs> we talked all about steven's illicit maple syrup <laughs> business also uh betsy who did submit that question a minute ago uh did pop into the chat and say hey from heavenly ski resort so waiting on burgers and heard my name on the live chat. Thanks, Betsy. Thanks for watching while we're away or while you're away. We like, wish cool. we were away. I, am I, yeah, I, I wish I was away. <laughs> Maui's looking pretty good right now. Um, Thanks for bringing this up. I, I truthfully was not aware of this. I should have been aware of it. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I expect to see the proof that you've nominated Better Podcasting and Better Podcasting Live in there. And... I, I would like to get proof from you that you've communicated with the organizers to find out about Gonna Geek. For the uh, audio listeners, right now, Better Better Podcasting and I, uh, sorry, SP and I are wearing Better Podcasting t-shirt or polo shirts. Both of us are. And you know what? My color is red to represent Canada. His is blue to represent America. So there you go. We're just trying to prove 50% right now. Split down the middle. Normally, red in America means that you're Russian or Chinese. So I don't know if that helps you. Uh, yeah, I got white writing, red, white and red. That's the Canadian colors. Uh, we also have something that you wanted to bring up about if the professional podcast industry is having a problem defining the scope of duties for a podcast producer. What? 
Yeah, I ran into this article on Vulture.com, and it was titled, Are Podcast Producers Properly Valued? It was published on March 23rd, 2021. Now, in New York City, there's this whole big issue about podcast producers being treated poorly. They're trying to unitize, trying to unionize, and they're just trying to get better working conditions and be treated like actual workers, more along the lines of like the radio broadcast community rather than sweatshop workers because well let's face it doing podcast work can be like working in a sweatshop sometimes there's long hours there is incredible deadlines last minute deadlines probably no overtime and i don't know exactly how it's being worked in these new york city uh, podcast production companies but we've heard a lot in the news over the past few years about this issue so yeah, this article came in and was talking about all the duties that podcast producers actually do. Is producer the actual correct term because of all the duties they, they do? And it goes into basically this big, long sob. So I'm going to say it's a sob story. It's actually factual, but it's a big, long sob story about all the stuff that podcast producers do and how they should be valued more and, and they basically should be paid more and that sort of thing. And I'm like, okay. You are describing absolutely everything an independent or a hobby podcast producer <laughs> has to do with a team of one, yeah. a team of one usually. And sometimes you have a team like we kind of do on the Guinea Geek show. We know other shows out there that have a team of two or three that pull things together. But usually when it comes down to it, there's one person that can count themselves as the podcast producer because they're doing most of the editing, the publishing, all of the promotion that sort of thing. And, and sometimes the promotion duties get uh, spun off to other co-hosts, but okay. Yeah. We've known this for a while. And that is why we can't compete with a team of five, 10, 15, 20. We've talked about this like all month. It seems like on both shows, both on better podcasting live. And when we podcasted a month ago and on the better podcasting main show, that there is a difference between the industry and independence and how independence and hobbyists find it difficult to compete because of that time factor in there. And this article is de facto saying that, saying that podcast production is so hard that these producers sh should be valued more. And I'm saying, yeah, I've done it for 10 years. <laughs> Steven, you've done it for more than 10 years. You know what you're talking about. I know what I'm talking about. And yes, this is something that I can agree with. Now, how do I feel about like there being an elevated status of being a podcast pro producer that's professional versus an independent or a hobbyist. Eh. I mean, I'm doing the same work and I'm not getting the same accolades or the same respect or something like that. So I we'll we'll see how I feel about that long term. But I'm just taking the time now, as I have for the past month, to point this out that <laughs> yes, it is a thing. Yeah, no, I think this is actually something that probably stems from inexperience with titles when podcasting grew because podcasting came out of a lot of sort of technical people that were doing other things that weren't necessarily in mainstream media and so when they started to define the roles i think that we just kind of fell into pr the, the term producing for what we all vision as a podcast producer and I, I've wondered this before, and you and I have had some offline conversations before about this, about, well, is a producer, like uh, what we think of as a podcast producer, are they really a producer, like, or, or are they more? And, and 
can you have multiple producers on shows? Because you have multiple producers on TV shows and radio and things like that. So absolutely. And I, I will say that somewhere along the way, when we added the outro to Better Podcasting, we we somewhere modified it to say produced and edited by me. And the reason I, I did that was because, um, number one, I, I like more credit to myself, let's be honest. Uh, but number two, I, I, the real reason was that I think a lot of people, a lot of hobbyists, this was my thoughts, thought that a producer of a podcast did most of the heavy lifting, including the editing. And so I thought it was important to differ, to to add that extra thing in there, even as a subtle thing, that there is a difference between a producer and an editor, because we've we've done uh, episodes before where we've talked about how different people can edit your show, different people can generate content for your show and might be considered a producer for your show. And I think like even in the sense of this show here, right, like realistically, um, we probably should have a producer tag for you because we both generate the content. But at the time that we made that, what people thought of as a podcast producer was more what I was doing with the show. So I think that the term producer does definitely need to be looked at more in the world of podcasting. But at the end of the day, it's a moot point for, for most independents because there are so much shared duties that you might find everybody's deserving of a producer title if, if we were to use it true and true. And we, uh, we probably should actually at some point where we get Lauren to redo our work to say produced by Steven and SB and edited by Steven and video produced by Steven and marketing manager SP and just a big long five minute outro. I think that's what we should have. There is a lot of uh, professional shows that are doing the credits at the end of the show like that. I've noticed that over the last couple of years, you know, a friend of ours produces a professional show, Curiosity Daily, and they put credits on the back end of their show for the last like year and a half. But other shows that I've been listening to that didn't previously have credits at the end have started to throw credits at yeah. the end of their shows here in 2021. And I appreciate it quite a bit. Because I get to hear the complaint. It's like you're watching a movie, right? And the movie credits go for like 15 minutes. There's <laughs> yes. a reason because that hundreds and possibly thousands and sometimes tens of thousands of people work on some of these blockbuster movies. So they should get the credit for being part of that. And I think podcasts is the same way. Everybody that works on the podcast should get credit for being their part on the podcast. In the chat, we had on uh, Johnny Pennington saying on television film, a producer credit is often given for some, some money or other things. Uh, Money-making proposition. If you also look at a lot of the incentives some people do on... Can't think of the name everybody Patreon. uses. Patreon. Thank you. A lot of times people give away a producer credit and uh, when someone donates. And again, I'll just encourage you to go to our Discord server and... We could open up a whole conversation about that because I don't know that people necessarily think that through when they do that. And with the ever-growing list of databases out there, I'll, just, I'll put it out there. This has been my little secret for a while. I think someone very well could go around and and I've thought of doing this myself and, and you do a couple of Patreons on a couple of big shows and next thing you know, you get to claim that you're a producer on a show because they decided to give that away without thinking it through. And it's true. You do the Patreon. They say that you you get a producer credit. And now you can go and you can put your, um, I don't know if IMDB gets into podcasts, you're a producer on there. Or, or um, 
Wow, I am drawing a blank Pod tonight. Chaser. Pod chaser. I can't think of any of these names. And you do that. So, you know, like, I, I don't know that podcasters always think through what they're giving away. And so that's sort of been, you know, something I've kind of thrown around here and there before. And so, I, I yeah. A lot of the YouTube sailing channels that I follow, I'm not a Patreon of all of them, but I am a Patreon on some of them. And I've been noticing that some of their Patreon levels in the past, there's been like 50-50. Some will give a producer credit and some got smart and they didn't call it producer. They deliberately did not call it producer because they knew all the implications that came with it. Apparently in some countries, because not all sailing channels are produced in the United States or Canada, but some countries out there, if you're a producer of something that you automatically deserve royalties from like the ad revenue and and stuff and the syndication or if that is ever happening on YouTube. So yeah, they got smart and they did not. They deliberately did not call their Patreon levels a producer level for that reason. I think you're just going to see more and more of that. Yeah. I think you're going to see the relabeling of some of these levels, these contributing levels on Patreon away from the producer title for that very reason. Or if you give enough money, they will throw a producer credit. Like if you're going to give $10,000 per episode, yes, you're going to get a producer yeah. credit. Absolutely. And if you do that, by the way, it depends on how much it costs to produce your show. But if you take, like if we took a $10,000 donation for each episode, a producer donation for each episode of better podcasting legends of shield going to geek, I think that calls into question the integrity of those shows because we're automatically biased to do what the producer wants us to do. Fair enough. Um, and, and we will definitely become biased for the right price tag. I'm just kidding. <laughs> $100,000 a show, US, me. I don't care what Steven gets, but $100,000 US per show for me. Uh, a couple more quick things before we close it down for this episode, because, you know, we'll go a little long today because it's been a month since we did this. Uh, first thing that I wanted to mention was I'm... It, it's change time in the Steven studio here. Uh, yeah, I decided that it was time to buy some new equipment. Um, and it, I'll, I'll be honest, it's largely related to work from home. I've been working at home for a year now. Um, a lot of my my stuff that I use is showing the signs of being here every single day. But also, I've, I've had some of it for a while. So I am looking to get a new chair. In fact, I might be using a new chair right now, but I'm not confident on it right now. It's it's not been a good day, so we'll leave it at that. But I'm looking to get a... I've got a new chair going, but here's the big thing that I did. For my work arrangement, I I actually bought a sit-stand riser because in my office for a couple of years, like in office, I've had a sit-stand desk, and I, I did like that. I like the ability to sit and stand. So I decided I was going to get a sit-stand riser for my desk. And here's the thing about that is the um, sec the two monitor, the section that I use in my desk for work is also my main monitors when I'm not working. So this weekend, I edited, I think it was this show, actually. Yes, it was this show. I edited, edited, whatever, uh, the better podcasting show standing. And oh, man, I loved it. I loved every second about it. I thought it was so much more comfortable just to stand and edit rather than sitting down because I sit a lot in the day anyways. So I loved it. I loved having the sit stand thing. And um, also, I decided I was going to install the monitor risers that I bought forever ago, which is great because now instead of two bases for my monitors, 
I have one base that has the arms that split off to the monitor. So, you know, it, things are changing and it looks a lot cleaner now. Um, I got the sit-stand ability and I need to find a little bit better chair. But hey, at least the creek's gone right now. But we'll see. It might, it might, not, it might not last very long. It's not... I don't know about the comfort on it. And then the other thing that I want to mention is the dilemma that I've got is like, I talked about my backdrop needs to change and, and I got to do that at some point. I think I really, really, really do want to get another sit-stand riser for the way that I face when I podcast. Um, I kind of think I want to stand when I podcast again. No, and, and I say again, because when I did audio podcasts and I wasn't, wasn't on video, a lot of times I would stand when I podcast. But they also say that when you stand, then you you know, you got the whole, it's good for your diaphragm alignment and all that other stuff. So apparently people who are like on the wacky morning shows that are super high energy, they stand. Everybody comments how I, high energy I am on this show when I'm sitting. Mm. So SP, I apologize in advance if I do end up standing to podcast with you. I think it's good. Matter of fact, if I redid everything, I would get a sit-stand desk or something so that i could move up the monitors uh, my microphone's already good it's on a boom arm all i have to do is raise it up and i would like i would enjoy to stand because i have noticed my energy waning in the latter parts of some podcasts particularly legends of shield and that was particularly when we were podcasting later in the day now we're doing legends of shield 5 p.m on sunday afternoon so i am able to keep up my energy longer but like on the Gonna Geek show, sometimes we'll go past 10 p.m. Eastern time and just gets a little late for me being as old as I am. Remember, I am AARP age. So, yeah, standing for me would help. I just have no way of doing it in my studio right now with this desk from 1950, this beautiful cherry executive desk <laughs> from 1950. I can't do it without some sort of riser on it. And I can't have a riser on it with my audio rack also on the desk. So that's one of the reasons that I wanted to upgrade to that mixer recorder as I wanted to get into the sit-stand desk. So I'm jealous. I do have a sit-stand desk at work. I do use it. I was using it today and I was uh, telling Steven, yeah, I was using my mat today. It was it was really cool. I've got a nice mat and I can stretch my legs. It's got different things on it. I can roll my feet. Eyes. So uh, it's so good. So I just miss that here because I can't. I have to sit down here. You, you know, you bring up a point, though, actually, mm, I might have to pull the trigger on it before it's out of stock because the sit stand riser that I bought the other way, um, it has a perfect gap in front of my monitors that would fit the board right. And, and if you've ever gone to my Twitter profile, I have my mixer off to the right just from a, a mm. space perspective, but uh, it would be perfect. The board would actually fit perfectly in front of the monitors with the keyboard below it. Um, Mm, I might do that or I leave it off to the side and only sit and stand. But then I'd have to fix my backdrop because as it is, if I was to uh, stand, you would see above my backdrop. So maybe I need a rising backdrop. No, that's not happening. <laughs> that would be cool. That would be cool. Hey, so just hot off the presses here. Literally, uh, we've gotten a couple of comments in chat and in the discord server at betterpodcasting.com slash discord. And I will credit Ali Run, Jason there for mentioning it first apparently there's an email you probably have it in your email right now steven he jason says hot off the presses road finally released actual asio drivers for the roadcaster pro for windows no more hopefully asio for all 
the new MIDI functionality looks cool too. So as you've just drug it out, maybe you're going to have to upgrade to the next, I'm assuming it's another firmware upgrade to figure that out. So as we're podcasting here on April 6th, 2021 at 8.50 PM Eastern time, we just got word of it right now. So we have no comment right now, maybe in a couple of weeks when we come back, we'll have comment on it. Maybe next week on the better podcasting show, we can comment on it too. Oh, that's great. That That's actually a pretty big win, especially for musicians who are using the uh, multi-track input. So that's fantastic. Or I guess output from Roadcaster Pro. So um, that's that's great. Really good. I've talked a little bit about the uh, ASIO, ASIO, however you want to say it, uh, benefits before on the show. Cool. And last thing I think we should mention right now is there was a pod news story um, about a 301 redirect issue to do with Libsyn, question mark, and Amazon Music, was it? I saw this in pod news and I I haven't dug into it at all, but if you are in Libsyn, you have different destinations. So if you've signed up for the destination to go to the Amazon Music feed, apparently when you put in a 301 redirect, because you can do that yourself if you're moving away from Libsyn as a host to somebody else, for your RSS feed, it does not include the Amazon Music feed right now. However, in the news story from Libsyn, there was a quote, quote, this is a known bug that we are working on to resolve moving forward. You need to ask Libsyn to configure that manually. Or moving forward, unquote. They say you need to ask Libsyn to configure that manually. So they still do it, but you have to ask them. And I always consider if you're leaving a host, it's a little awkward contacting them to put in a redirect to somewhere else. Now, hosts like Libsyn with a reputation will do it because they know if you start complaining about it, that word's going to get around. I have not heard of Libsyn not supporting somebody moving away from them yet. Uh, I don't know if it's ever happened or not. I just haven't heard about it. Uh, So I would put that in the category of unlikely that they would not support that, but apparently they're working on it. So I would say in a couple of months, it would not be an issue at all, but it is an issue now. If you are moving from Libsyn right now and you're distributing your podcast to the Amazon music destination, you're going to have to contact them in order to do the 301 to redirect for your RSS feed to your new uh, RSS, usually it's another media host service, but you'll see how that goes. So there you go. That's your returning episode of Better Podcasting Live Chat. Uh, I wanted to say to SP that I appreciate you digging up all of that news for this week. I will give credit where credit's due. We're talking about producers and things like that. And uh, you got a lot of good news stories that you dug up. And thank you very much for that, SP. Yeah, you bet. Uh, Thank you for producing the show so I don't have to do it. This is uh, honestly a win-win, folks, because I could not uh, produce another show right now with everything going on in my life. There's a wedding going on later on. Are you marrying me? What? Yeah, we can't. Because you're already married. I just want that, you know, that extra Canadian um, percentage on the Gonna Geek show. You're going to come live with me, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, I guess, guess if we can move to Utah, I think it's legal there. I don't know. All right. Well, that's going to go ahead and wrap it up. So if you want to chat with us for other things related to podcasting when we're not doing this show or the Better Podcasting main show, please come to betterpodcasting.com slash discord. So for episode number 29... 
of Better Podcasting Live Chat. I'm Steven saying this tagged me as a producer and editor, but what is my true title? This is SP saying I've had a lot of great guest appearances. Please ask me on your show. Got the K2 show, Chris and Christine show. Got the podcastic guest appearance. Got the Mercury Theater podcast, audio drama. Lots of great stuff. Contact me. I will guest on your show. We'll see you guys in two weeks. Bye. Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew of Gunna Geek Productions. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.